morning. Welcome to Emerge Church. I'm Pastor Kurt, and I'm so glad to have you join us today. We'll be together for about the next 30 minutes or so. So do me a favor, check out the sermon notes by clicking on the link or looking below. Or you can text the word GATHERING to 66599. Be sure to let us know that you're here right now. Go ahead and type hello, good morning, etc. Whatever you want. And let us know even what city that you live in. We'd love to hear from you. So before we get started with worship, I just want to let you know I'm going to be touching base on this during the sermon, but I also just want to address this up front. You've seen the news, you've seen all that's been happening, and racism is a sin. It's rampant, it's generational, and it needs to stop. I know I don't totally understand it all, but I can tell you that it's wrong. You know, in my past, I've experienced racism firsthand, and I just didn't stand up for my fellow brothers and sisters at first. But I have since grown in this to be a bit of a voice to others. And at the same time, I, same time, I still know that I have a lot more to know and grow. So what we saw in the news with George Floyd was murder. I'm glad there's reconciliation in that and there's justice being done. Uh, but justice still needs to be done and served. And we need to work together and put an end to it all. So I don't have all the answers as to what the next steps are or how to fix it. But we all know who does. And that's God. God can center us, He can bring us together, He can heal the wounded hearts, and He can bring reconciliation. So we go in prayer with me. Father, God, thank you for this opportunity for us to come together this morning uh, in the midst of the brokenness and hurting uh, uh, in this city, in this state, in this country, in this world. God, we know that there's a lot to be done. There's lots of hurt. And so, God, I just ask that you meet us all at our point. God, that you'll uh, soften our hearts, you'll open our minds. Father, that you will bring us all into a united front. God, that we'll see each other as a valued person, that we will come together as Christians and uh, to be your light, to be your hands, you know, as you did when you were here on the earth. You went to the least and the lonely and the high and the low and you met every person where they were and they, you pointed them all back to, to God. And so we ask that you help us to do that today. Help us to be centered in you. God, may our love for you just overflow within us and just impact those that are around us. So let us be your light bearers. Let us be your hands and feet as we go out. And so God, as we open up your word, as we sing some songs, as we worship you today, learn more about you, God, just help us, help us, help our hearts, help our minds, help, a, help us just to wrap around what it is that you want us to do, how you want us to go forward. And Father, may you ultimately be glorified and honored in all things and in all ways. God, we just give it to you today. We thank you so much. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey guys, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. Um, thank you, Pastor Kurt. So, um, I was praying about what to say to you guys this week, and the Lord brought me this passage of scripture. It's actually one of my favorite passages of scripture um, that God brought to me about 10 years ago when I really was in a dark place. It felt like my life was falling apart, and I didn't recognize it at first as God rescuing me. Um, so I'm going to share this with you, and hopefully it will be an encouragement in just this this time 
in our world where everything feels so scary. Um, this is in Psalm 18. We're going to start at verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked, and the foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, thick clouds, dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent out from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I think, um, at least for me, and I think for other people too, that sometimes, you know, um, we think that when God's coming, everything looks wonderful, like the sky parts and there's sunshine, and here comes Jesus on a magical Pegasus to rescue us. And while it might look like that sometimes, um, you know, here the Bible tells us it doesn't always. Sometimes God is shrouded in the darkness. Um, so just because we don't recognize it, um, it doesn't mean he's not coming, and it doesn't mean he's not here. You know, we're never alone, you guys. Um when things look so bad in the world and we don't understand and it's overwhelming and we we don't really know what to do um he's here he's coming so let's just cry out to him and you know what while we're waiting on uh, other answers like let's just know that we're supposed to be his love we're supposed to be his hands and feet and um i'm just praying to do that the the best that I can and just asking for his Holy Spirit to guide me in and how to do that and how to best do that um and that's just a beautiful thing that you know we don't have to figure it out ourselves we're we're not alone um so we're just going to sing about that this morning um and again bear with me my fingers aren't working very well but we're going to sing anyway so let's just worship him this morning <clears throat>
so true lord you are always here god even if you're coming shrouded in the darkness lord you're coming and we just thank you for that we just pray that you would open our ears and our hearts lord as always to hear your word we just thank you for the opportunity to gather god and we thank you for the opportunity to love each other like you want us to we just pray that you would be with pastor kurt as he brings the word this morning in jesus name amen Hi, Emerge Church family. I'm Liz Eisenberg. I am the Emerge Kids lead, and uh, I'm here with my dog Molly today. We're going to read the scriptures to you out of John um, for the sermon today. So John chapter 4. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. 
Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has, come, has now come, when the true worshippers will worship with the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Lori, for leading worship, and Liz for leading us in the reading of the scripture this morning. The timing of this scripture couldn't be any better, could it? It starts off with Jesus being pushed out of Judea with a growing concern that his ministry was just growing too quickly and for his overall safety. So he's making the trip back to Galilee, and he had a decision to make. Does he head east and travel along the Jordan to simply stay away from the Samaritans like the Jews do? No. He decides to go due north to meet the Samaritan woman in the middle of the day. So why would the Jews avoid the Samaritans? Well, it's back started way back in time after the Babylonian exile. The Jews started rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem, and the Samaritans offered to help them. But the Jews, they just pushed them off. So the Samaritans, they decided to cause some trouble and retaliated on the Jews just to keep them from building. So they would mock them, they would threaten them, uh, and they even appealed to the Persians so that they would stop the Jews. So the Samaritans back in the day were just overcome by the Assyrians. It, it's just in a way it was to keep their foes conquered that the Syrians would just go ahead and mix up different villages and different groups of people to keep them from getting stronger. But eventually those groups intermarried and thus it was distinct that the Israelite identity in Samaria was just lost. It was forming the group of the Samaritans. So they continued to follow the religious customs of their homelands. 
And so that they just had their idolatry aspect back there. But however, like the Jews, the Samaritans worshipped Yahweh and used a version of the Pentateuch as their scripture. So the Jews and Samaritans typically had a mutually hostility based on ethnic, religious, and political barriers, thus creating the division between the Jews and the Samaritans. So point number one, dismantling the divide. Jesus was on earth to teach and show us how to live, to break down the boundaries, to bring healing and unity. He came to knock down the socioeconomic barriers that were prevalent. And I believe that he also came down to show that racism and prejudice is wrong. It's a sin. It's a generational sin. Jesus went to the tax collectors, the lepers, the Samaritans. Racism just simply can't continue to happen. You know, if you see something, you need to say something. Do something. We can all take the right steps to help make the change across our neighborhoods, our cities, the world. You know, just step across the aisle. Don't go around an area or situation like the Jews did by going around Samaria. You can see that Jesus is just trying to put a stop towards this prejudice, this racism, in these verses in the Bible, and even still today. Jesus calls us all to love one another as he loves us. There's no condition. There's no stipulation. Point number two, our past keeps us from seeing the opportunity of the present. We live and we learn, right? We can't continue to stay in the past. We can't perpetuate what's wrong. We have to be grown, and we have to be the grown ones to stop the generational sin. It starts with recognizing it and taking the proper next steps. After hearing the history between the Jews and the Samaritans, doesn't that give you a better insight into the stories that Jesus told? Think of the Pharisees the Sadducees, and all the other Jews as they listen to Jesus tell of the stories about the Samaritans. Think of the story of the, the Good Samaritan calling out all the Jews, the leaders, the Pharisees who walked on the other side of the street. But then the Gentile, he stopped to help them. Think about the Samaritan leper that was healed, and but weren't there nine others? They, they didn't come back, just the Samaritan came back. And now you can see about the Samaritan woman. You see, Jesus was using their history to impact his story for the Jews and the unbelievers to open their eyes. He went to Samaria for this very reason, to teach the disciples and to teach us. He used the history of this woman, knowing that she had multiple husbands. You see, if the woman had five previous husbands who either died or divorced her, she would have exceeded the traditional limit of three husbands in the Jewish law. So Jesus was trying to get her to see that he knew who she was, and he revealed his true identity to her. Where, on the other hand, he tried not to have his identity revealed while he was in Jerusalem. If you may remember, he would silence the demons and those that he healed. It wasn't his time to be fully revealed, but he was making it this time for him to be revealed to a new group of people, the Samaritans, that don't know who he is. So point number three, drink it up. You know, the living water. The region of Samaria boasts of over 80 springs, but the only well is Jacob's well. Why would Jacob dig a well when there are so many springs that are available? Well, Jacob had to dig it because he was a foreigner in the land and had to purchase a plot of ground near Shechem. So while Jesus was using this living water as a metaphor for salvation, the Samaritan woman remained just focused 
on the physical water and whether Jesus could deliver any water since the well was so deep and had nothing to do with which to draw water. So he had nothing to do. Perhaps it was a fact that the Samaritans accepted only the five books of the Pentateuch. That limited the woman's appreciation of living water metaphor as referring to God, because in Jeremiah 2.13, Yahweh is referred to as the spring of living water, rejected by the Israelites for broken cisterns that cannot hold water. The time will come when living water will flow out of Jerusalem, half of it to the east of the Dead Sea and half of it to the west of the Mediterranean Sea, in summer and in winter. And that's in Zechariah 14.8. Isaiah 55.1 says, You are thirsty, come to the waters, which Isaiah uses as a metaphor to freely receive God's grace, for the Lord will freely pardon those who forsake their sin. Living water symbolizes new life. It's a flowing, overwhelmingly refreshing river of life that's freely given to the believers. No work is required in essence. Unlike the drawing of water from the well, Jesus has done it all for us. In John 4, 13 through 14, it was says that he has drawn the living water in himself and poured it over us in the giving of the Spirit. So the Samaritan woman tries to turn the conversation away from her in verses 19 and 20, and to focus on the location where they were worshiping. But Jesus makes it clear that worshiping the Father is a matter of the heart, not of the location. God wants us to worship Him in spirit and in truth, and Jesus meets the Samaritan woman in Sakaar as a location for this teaching. And it wasn't an accident. Jesus was echoing the statement of Joshua in the Old Testament, who had reaffirmed the Sinai Covenant. Joshua's covenant renewal reminded his listeners of God's faithfulness to an obedient people. So Jesus' words reverberate with the same promise of a faithful father to those who worship him properly. We can see it here in the New Testament and even today. It's the Holy Spirit that provides the major difference it's out of his love for the Son that God has given to him the Spirit without limit. Jesus' possession of the Spirit supplies Jesus with superior authority and enables him to offer new birth to men like Nicodemus. So if you remember, just last week we talked about Nicodemus and the new birth. So in this reading today, we can see here how the Samaritan woman contrasts so sharply with Nicodemus. He was seeking she was indifferent. He was a respected ruler. She was an outcast. He was serious. She was flippant. He was a Jew. She was a despised Samaritan. He was moral. She was immoral. He was orthodox. She was heterodox. He was learned in religious matters, and she was just ignorant. Yet in spite of all these differences between this Pharisee and this woman of the world, they both needed to be born again. They both had needs that only Jesus could meet. So as we can see, Jesus' focus is upon true worship. True worshipers are those who realize that Jesus is the truth and the one and only way to the Father. To worship in truth is to worship God through Jesus. To worship in spirit is to worship in the new realm in which God has revealed to the people. The Father is seeking true worshipers because He wants people to live in reality, not in falsehood. As it says in Romans 1.25, Everybody is a worshiper, but because of sin, many are blind and constantly put their trust in worthless objects. So where does it hit you today? 
Maybe you're still thinking about it. Maybe it was racism. Maybe it's your spiritual journey and your, or your comparison to Nicodemus or the Samaritan woman. If I'm honest, it hits me in the gut again. It brings up memories of me growing up, but I won't let the past hold me down because I remember and grew from it. I vividly remember the first time that I confronted racism. I was nervous. I didn't know how or what to say, but I knew that I needed to say it. So I blurted it out, and I was so glad that I took that. Stand for what is right. So as we close today, will you just bow your head and join me in prayer? So God, we're just thankful for you, for your stories, for your love, for your grace, for your joy, for your peace. Father, we're thankful for how you just meet us where we are. And so God, as we go went through today and just read how you just met each person where they were, God, would just meet us. God, bring healing on our land, bring, bring peace, bring joy, bring justice. Let your power just live in us, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Make us new. Challenge us, soften our hearts, open our minds, cause us to see new things. Let you be revealed. And as these words come across today, maybe they're heavy on some of us. So God, I just ask that you uh, meet them. God, just meet them at their point. So maybe uh, with every head bowed, maybe this is a time for you to just say, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, that I don't have a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer and then just start this journey along with us. So, you know, you don't have to know exactly what all is going on. If you repeat these words, this is going to start your journey for your life. So we just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on that cross. God, I'm going to believe today that you rose from the dead, and I'm going to call you my Lord and Savior. So thank you for doing that. While I don't know everything that is going on or is my next step, I just asked Jesus that you help me to see you. Help me to learn to grow you, to know you, grow in you, and to know you better. And I just give you my life today, in Jesus' name. Now, any person that uh, this message hit and you're just feeling convicted, that you're feeling the need to just make an about-face turn, maybe you felt like you drifted from Jesus, I just ask that you just kind of recommit your life today, that you will say, God, from this day forward, I'm going to say, yes to you. I'm going to obey you. <laughs> I'm going to learn more about you. It's not all about rules and regulations, but it is about being an obedient heart and trusting you. So God, just help me. Help me to grow. Help me to see you in a new way. And I just say, I'm going to trust you and follow you. So Father, for every person that prayed, either as a new believer or those that just recommitted their lives, I just ask that you will comfort them, that you will carry them, Father, that you will surround them with loved ones that will help them to grow in their relationship with you and with others, and uh, Father, that you will just lead them on in, uh, in this life, in this faith journey, uh, as they're growing into a deeper relationship with you. And so, God, as we go out today, as we are saying thank you for this 
God, I want to thank you for the offerings that we'll receive later. Father God, thank you for the blessings that you're bestowing upon us and that how you just give to us so that we can just give back out. And God, just watch over our families, our friends, our nation. God, we just ask you just heal our land and uh, bring reconciliation, bring joy and peace at the center of it all. So Father, today we're going to say thank you and we're going to say we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you made a decision, uh, scroll on down through the sermon notes. Click on the link to the connection card. Check off one of those boxes. If you made one of those decisions, if you want to be baptized at some point in time, signify that as well. We want to help you take your next steps in your journey. And so just let us know so we can do that. Also, write down any prayer requests that you may have. Also, you'll see that there's the opportunity to, to give because um, it's time for the offering. And so thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being obedient in what God's called us to do and called you to do. You can see the link, and there's multiple ways that you can give your tithes and offerings. So thank you for that. Also, you'll see additional announcements down through there. And finally, we will be joining if you're meeting with us live here at 10 a.m., we'll be joining shortly onto the Zoom virtual lobby. So click on the link down below in the sermon notes, and it'll take you in the secured uh, Zoom lobby so that we can just get to know each other, talk. Uh, if you need any prayer, you can reach out to me. I can go into a breakout room and have prayer with you as well. And um, just glad to have every single one of you. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series called The Healer and uh, learning about the healing stories of Jesus. And I can't wait for it. And I hope that you guys will join us next week for that. Love you guys so much. Have a great day.